Justin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. What's up, Maurice? How you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good. It is hot. Yeah. It's like <laughs> 85 degrees today. I know. Summer has arrived right after Memorial Day. Right on time, though. Yeah, yeah. Right on time. How was your Memorial Day? It was cute for what it was. I mean, usually on Memorial Day, I'm like at someone's beach or like, you know, out of town, you know, kicking off summer. Um, but it was nice to just kind of have like basic at home family, you know, mm-hmm. intimate inner circle people over, you know. And that was it. Chill by the pool, barbecue, ate delicious food, played music, relaxed. Mm-hmm. It was low key. Okay. How about yours? Pretty much the same. We um, didn't really do much, kind of just went to um, the river, did like a little walk there. And then um, pretty much just came home and chilled. We went up to the roof deck on nice. Memorial Day and kind of just chilled up there. Cool. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. You watch oh, any shows this summer? Week? Huh? This week. What did I watch? Oh, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I'm watching some like the big flower fight. That's like this British show. It's like listening off yeah. of the uh, oh, <laughs> like the, the British, the British American. Show. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, I want to watch this one show, but I haven't watched it, so that doesn't answer your question. Of course, I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race, the finale this week. Um, but I haven't been too much into the TV this past week. Okay. How about you? A little bit. So we found the uh, Metropolitan Opera app. They have like an app for the TV Uh and you can um, basically go on demand and they have so many like opera performances online. You can just watch like the full thing. Since we watched Opera Bitch. I'm classy. (laughs) So we watched um, Aida with Leontine Price. Uh, not so yeah so we watched Aido with um Leontine Price and they had this whole documentary about her uh afterwards and then we watched um Anna Bolena which is okay. uh, the story of Anne Boleyn and right. it was really good it had like this uh Ukrainian woman who was playing um Anne Boleyn so it was it was interesting it was good um okay. yesterday the History Channel had like this um, documentary on about the food that built America. Oh, that sounds so, good. It was really good. It was like six hours though. But mm, I don't got six hours. <laughs> yeah, but they, you know, we were watching like on and off throughout the day. But they had mm-hmm. like it gives like the full backstory of like these iconic American food brands like Kellogg. You know, cereal started at this um, like sanitarium in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, this drama with, like, these two brothers. So one was, like, a doctor, and the other one was trying to, like, run a business, but they served granola to the people in the morning. And so this other guy who worked there stole the recipe, and there was, like, a whole bunch of drama. Um, and then, you know, just, like, McDonald's and um, Coca-Cola and Heinz and, like, how, you know, everything. Um how they started and then how they just like took off. Yeah. Cool. And then yeah, I on, did. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Go ahead. You watched a lot of shows. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> so while I was watching Netflix, um, you mentioned like the British um, baking show or flower show. I'm sorry. And yes. um, so I found this, this show on Netflix. It's this British woman. She's a British Muslim woman. Her name's Nadia Hussein. And yes, I love her. The name she's of her Muslim. show. Yeah, she's Muslim. The name of her show is Time to Eat, which is like a, a polysemantic, you know, kind of phrase. Like, because right. her thing is like finding the time to like cook a decent meal for your family. It's kind of like a mashup of 30 minute meals and semi homemade with Sandra Lee. Yes. So, exactly. I love yeah. Nadia Hussein. I binged her entire series like two weeks ago. Some of the things she'd be cooking, like some of the flavor profiles she puts together are a little questionable. Yeah. However, she so, has a really nice personality. And it's nice to see a blonde mm, woman cooking. 
but she can't cook. <laughs> because so the premise of her show is, you know, she'll um she'll make like a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner. And her thing is like if you're rushed off your feet, you know, she kept saying like that, like if you're like super busy and you don't have time to actually like cook a decent meal. <laughs> and so she has like three kids and that young looking husband, like he looks yeah. like he's like eighteen. And then um she'll like take a field trip somewhere to learn about the food and like teach the people who like work there how to cook a meal. And so she had me up until <laughs> the pollen count is high. Ooh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so you know she was making those um those tray bakes, basically like casseroles. And she would mm-hmm. like throw the stuff in the in the pan and like put it in the oven and she's done. And so like the one she made with like the pancake batter and the peanut butter and jelly, I was like, mm, okay girl. Yeah. <laughs> but then, the one where she chopped up the broccoli and the fish, and then she pours spaghettios on top. <laughs> Girl, that is disgusting. That's disgusting. It probably tastes good though. Come on. And then when she made those falafel <laughs> with those pork and beans. I don't know. Her chicken shawarma looked good. That was about the only thing. But she made falafel out of pork and beans. I'm like, girl. Well, ain't she Muslim now? Yeah, you gotta pick that little that little piece of fat back out. <laughs> but oh, then she used God. the juice. She poured the juice, the pork and bean juice, and made a coleslaw. I was like, girl, I'm done. I can't watch you no more. Wow. Yeah, I was I did done watch this one that. show. <laughs> I did watch this one show yesterday on Hulu. Um, it's called Defining Moments, pre- presented by Ozzy. And I was like, let me just watch this because I really uh-huh. do prefer to like read biographies, autobiographies, uh, memoir. I just like reading about people's lives and learning stories and lessons and just kind of getting more of a glimpse into who they are and how they became who they are. Mm-hmm. And they it was just, it was like they were releasing one each week, I believe. Thus far, I watched all three. They did one episode on Dominique Jackson, who plays Electra and Pose. They did another on an Olympic um, bronze medalist. She's a uh, para athlete. Her name's Amy Purdy. And then they did one on a woman who was like... She was on Dance with the Star. Wu-Tang. Yeah, she was. I didn't yeah. watch them. But, um, and they did one on Sophia Chang. And all three of these women were just so inspiring. And all their stories were just so interesting. I just like felt really like motivated after watching mm-hmm. it. It was good. Okay. If, if anyone else wants to see something that's like uplifting and like inspiring, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. watch that. <laughs> cool. But now we got through our watching. Let's get into what yeah. we're drinking. What you drinking? Tonight I'm drinking a frose. Oh, a frose tonight. I was feeling fancy. It's after Memorial Day, so it's officially rose season. Yes, it is. It, you know, time for rose. Memorial Day is like the marker where you can't eat certain things before Memorial Day. Like banana pudding. You should not eat banana pudding before Memorial Day. <laughs> Same with potato these salad. Are, these arbitrary rules. Mm-hmm. But I, have my, salad. I don't eat potato salad. Yeah, you can't have potato salad. I, I mean, yesterday I did put on my white Chuck Taylors to go to the uh, grocery store to do my grocery run. Mm-hmm. I looked cute in my little white shoes and my little white shirt. Rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little... Um, it's a little more red than like it's supposed to be because I use raspberries and strawberries. Uh-huh. I think the raspberries did a little, made it a little darker. Because it's giving me like a strawberry mm. daiquiri. It's giving me like a daguar. It is looking very daiquiri like <laughs> daguar. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm just having. I'm actually almost. I'm just drinking all my rosé. I had a um a work day by the pool. Okay. Um. So. I've been drinking a lot all day. <laughs> God, that's also why I'm tired from the sun mm. and day drinking. Mm-hmm. But you know, they do say that you know people drinking while working has gone up since you know quarantine. <laughs> I believe it. I wish we worked in the time like back in like the '50s or '60s where you could just drink at work. Right. Like I mean, you still be... can. Right. <laughs> there's this, there's this lady at my job. I swear she drinks every morning because she, she has her little mug. She be turned at every meeting. I'm like, damn girl. Does she smell like she be drinking? I don't get that close. 
Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, let's hop into the cast for this week. It's time for category Category is. So first category this week is part three of the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. It was Sunday night. And honestly, I'm glad that it's over because it was very front loaded because like the first part was really really good second part i was like eh. and then they spent the entire third part basically trying to figure out why mimi stormed out of the out of the shoot out of the recording right so right yeah it was just you know a bunch of old ladies arguing and bickering mimi you know, instigated a lot of stuff this season, but then when it came to confront her, especially in the last portion, because the front half of the season, the storyline was that this woman named Yovana secretly recorded Cynthia Bailey talking shit about Nini. And he created this whole mm-hmm. series of, you know, arguments and disagreements. And later on, it came to find out that Nini was the one who orchestrated all of this and so instead right. of facing you know being called to the carpet and like owning up to what she did she just left <laughs> the, the taping and so it's like you're absent because you know you don't want to be put on trial basically right but it spoke a lot to her character that you know she wasn't there to kind of even explain like even if she did it be like yeah I did it and what? Right. But, yeah. But it was okay. Um, to be honest, I didn't even watch the third installment or part of the special. So exhausted and fatigued by these women. And it's not even like entertaining or fun or glamorous or exciting anymore. It's actually just draining and negative and nasty and. I'm also just tired well, of seeing the same faces. I think they just need a revamp. I don't want to see Cynthia Bailey. I don't want to see me. <laughs> I, I, honestly, it's just like this category is making me a bit tired. I don't even want to discuss it. But I'm just saying, like, Mimi's just so, so rude and so nasty and so negative. And she's just, she's taken the morale of the show to a new low where it's no longer fun or entertaining for me to watch. Um, if Nini does come back next season, I am not watching. And that's all I have to say about that. I said that. I agreed with that statement. But, I mean, I do think... I don't... Initially, I said I don't want to see her come back, right? But I think mm-hmm. she can come back if she comes back with a different um, mentality, basically. Like, right? yeah, I was a mean girl. And it's okay to throw, you know, throw some shade, get your digs, talk some shit, but don't be the nini that you've been the past few seasons. Like, don't be spitting at people and, you know, threatening them and doing all this just mean stuff for no reason. And I think, right, if she came back with it with that, then so I feel like she has the capacity to still bring the entertainment factor. Mm-hmm. without bringing all of the negative stuff and right you know we'll see what happens well she needs to go talk to andy and the execs of bravo and they need to regroup <laughs> but that's that's enough on that I like that on that oh <laughs> one, <laughs> one thing that was good it, it happened off real housewives but candy who you know is a singing background member of escape she won this show <laughs> called the mask singer <laughs> I, that show terrifies me. I refuse Why? to watch it as well. Why? It's just something about these creatures and like the person singing. I just don't like it. It's it's almost like clown like, and that makes me afraid. Well, the costumes are very good. I think they're very intricate and they they are fun in a way. Hers was a little weird because it was um, they're usually things like the banana or the turtle or <laughs> an ice cream cone. 
but hers was like this weird looking night angel which was the name of it and it was okay. a bit odd looking hmm. but uh as soon as so the premise of the show is you know it has this person's in like a full body costume they come on the show they sing other people's songs but the judges and the audience are supposed to pick or try to figure out who the, they are they give these clues <laughs> right um throughout the season and then they have some kind of voting system i don't really know how it works but the audience and then the judges score them somehow and then some person gets eliminated and then they're unmasked and you figure out who they are <laughs> or you find out who they are but yeah. as soon as you hear them sing especially people who have like distinctive voices or people in the music industry you know who they are at least i do right, right. like when seal was on i knew it was seal the moment he he opened his mouth like when michelle williams yeah, she was the butterfly last season, and she did really well. Her voice is really distinct, bro. Yeah, it's very distinct. Um, but Candy was the first female winner awesome. in the show's history, but it's only been on three years. So it's like, <laughs> that's like saying Kelly Clarkson was the first female winner of America Idol. Oh, wasn't she the first winner, period? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I get that. Okay. Yeah, but speaking of masks, that takes us to our next category. <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> <My> God. <laughs> Some of these celebrities are need to be thankful that we're going through this quarantine situation. People have to stay inside and even wear the mask when you come out because. <laughs> These people are getting plastic surgery, like it ain't nothing. But like, how? How? Like any doctor that's you know, I'm not gonna say any doctor because I don't practice or in the field, but I feel like mm -hmm. you know, to risk your license and to also have an understanding well, of you know, medicine and how these things happen, I'm sure that there's a way that they can do the their practice in a sterile, clean environment. But I wouldn't be risking it during these times. You know, like I don't know what implication that would have for your medical license. None, because who gonna check them? Nobody. All they can say True. is a lot of hospitals um, in New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey area are saying that you know non-essential or elective surgeries elective are surgeries. you know are they put a stop to those. But in mm -hmm. California, you know you can <laughs> you can make a surgery be you know not elective it's all in right. like what what you write down like oh deviated septum. yeah deviated right. septum. i have to correct it that's a nose job girl okay <laughs> they can make up something they can make up something to get them in that or suite and then once they're in there like bam like girl let's go okay so, so let's talk about the specific yeah. people who have then got they got quarantine bodies and new quarantine mm -hmm. faces. Mm -hmm. First off the bat is Khloe Kardashian. Now, yeah, people, I know that we are a podcast, so we don't have any visual. I wouldn't do have a visual, but it's a lot to put up the picture. If you have not seen Khloe <laughs> Kardashian, yet, right, go right on her Instagram. On the she has Instagram. an image available there. I was just scrolling one day, minding my business, and I saw. Someone be like, look at Khloe Kardashian. And then I, I saw a couple of memes after that. It was like a meme that said, like, of um, my plans for 2020 with the picture of the new Khloe Kardashian. And it uh -huh. said, my 2020 with pictures of the old Khloe Kardashian. Yeah. But the gag was, I looked at her and I was like, who is this white woman? Forget it. Oh, you thought she was white? white? <laughs> I didn't think she was white when I saw it. <laughs> at first, I thought it was. Khloe Kardashian looks white. But the, but the gag Not is, it. she is a white woman, but we're so used to her looking like a black woman that we're confused. She had on a, it was a lot of bronze or something because the picture I saw, maybe my screen was too dark or I, I got that screen protected. But her face was very dark, except for like right here <laughs> by the boobs. She looked like a like white right where her Jessica Alba. Her uh, boob was very golden. Her yeah. boob is very golden. Yeah. And so when I saw it, I thought it was Malika or Khadija, one of those. Those oh, twins that are always hanging around them. 
Wow. No, I was like, who is this white woman? I just, I, I, she was almost unrecognizable. And then like my second thing was like, I wonder if her daughter will realize that it's mommy. Like, I'm sure like she'll, you know, recognize the mannerisms and, and smell, but it was just like, she, that's how, she looked unrecognizable to me. It was almost shocking mm-hmm. how different Khloe Kardashian looked. Yeah. Like, I mean, she lost a lot of weight. Her face is thinned down. That mm-hmm. face is pulled tight. Yeah. That nose, the nose has different. a different shape. Yeah. Her eyes have a different shape. Yeah. Like, even her head. Her head is, like, now, like, a heart shape. Her head used to be very square before. Like, nah, I didn't nah, know they nah. could reshape the shape of your face, of your head. I mean, honestly, if, if, she, if it wasn't posted on her verified Instagram account with the blue check, mm-hmm. I would have I'd have been like, that is not Chloe Kardashian. That's not right. Yeah. Like, when I <laughs> first saw the picture, they were like, look at Chloe Kardashian. And I was like, where? <laughs> She's not in this picture. <laughs> but yeah, no that was her. And you, yeah, that was. And I think that the caption on her picture was like, getting under bitch's skin. And I was like, no, bitch, what doctor's been under yours? Because exactly. this is clearly a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. Speaking of a lot of work, Aisha Curry, who is the wife of Steph Curry, they have like three kids. Yeah, the two girls them, and the like, boy. Children of the corn looking kids. Them kids look scary. Stop. Don't talk about, we don't talk about the kids. Oh, kids, kids are off limits. Kids are off limits. <laughs> uh, <oof>. So, <laughs> Aisha Curry and Steph Curry look like siblings, first of all. I'm like, oh, this little weird situation going on. Don't, don't that, always just say that about two light-skinned people get together. That is, um, not like no they do, they do. And she was, but she was always like the thick girl. Like she was all about being thick and not having, you know, that um, traditional like thought, you know, basketball wide body where you got to be ultra skinny, you know, have the fake boobs. And she always had like a chubby face. Mm-hmm. Right. She has like a line of um, pots and pans at Kmart, and she had like Is Kmart still open. No. <laughs> you might can find it at TJ Maxx, though. But she, she had, like, uh, I want to say she had a cooking show on Food Network. It was, like, a little she limited series. Yeah. She did. So she, she did. was all about, like, food and eating and, you know, girls might, because it was kind of like a, she would cook and her girls would come over. Something like that was the premise of the show. Mm-hmm. But Mama posted the picture. Uh, a few days ago, and her face. She, okay, so see, I'm not going to say her face does not look different to me. I think that she's always had bone structure, but the bone structure was underneath. High, hiding underneath the chubbiness. Like she had like that, like you know, that awkward phase of teenagerdom where like a girl's becoming a woman. It looks like she just had a really, 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 really like puberty to me. Because like she it looked like she was 40. just, <laughs> but she was always so she's closer to menopause than puberty, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but she was just always so chubby, like a chubby girl. She was cute, but she's thinned out, and mm. she's definitely lost a lot of weight in her body. And she has a really muscular tone, a very athletic build, but mm-hmm. her face—you can see since since now. So she's <laughs> taken these pictures and posted them on the internet. But like you can just see the bone structure. I think the bone structure was always there. I don't think she fucked with her face. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if she fucked with her body, but there's a, clearly a significant weight loss and the tightening and toning that happens. And some people, when they lose weight, they do look like a different person. And I well, think she's just one of those people. But it's not as drastic as a Khloe Kardashian. No, I used to definitely had some lipo. She had abdominal etching. She had okay. something done to her face. And that neck, because she has some neck rolls too. But she had oh, a lot of stuff done. Back rolls. <laughs> right. And we, listen, we only been in quarantine for eight weeks. Ain't no way you doing that much in eight weeks. Like, where's the loose skin, honey? Where is your face ain't gonna change that much in eight weeks? True, true. Like, to go from being plus size to having a six pack 
that don't happen in eight weeks. You're right. It takes time. I don't know if she's ever plus size. Um, she was but... plus size. And she just had okay. that baby, like not that Those long ago. Figure. I don't know. Maybe she's breastfeeding. <laughs> she ain't got no more breath. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I think she looks. looks I, I, she looks good though. You know, I'm not into commenting on people. You know, when they look bad, very much similar, like very similar to Adele, also known as Sarah Paulson. I think she looks good. I think I well, she looks good. But it's Adele's a drastic was, change, yes. But Adele's good. was more gradual. Like except for that first picture when we first saw her and she was looking snatched, but she still had like the pouch. The lower abdomen pouch, you know, her right. skin wasn't like completely tightened. And when she posted that recent picture on her birthday in the black, where she was like snatched, like right. mama looked good. But so that was she more did. gradual. That was a few <laughs> months time. That was what five months since we saw really saw her. Right. But Aisha Curry, girl, girl. I don't know about that. Mm. Yeah, and then um, you said there was another one. I went and looked. I didn't see a difference. Uh-huh. But you said Le- you said uh, Miss Laverne Cox had some work done. I yeah. was on her page. Her nose looked slightly different than some of her older pictures to me, but that could the be swe- some contouring. The swelling that could be, you know, down, yeah. Stop. <laughs> that could be some. I watch a lot of bots, <laughs> so I know. But um, if you look at her. Um, like the picture in the circle, like her profile picture. Uh-huh. That nose is like Michael Jackson. Stop. I mean, it could be contouring. Mm, I don't know. I well, don't all those know. getting their the quarantine plastic surgery, I'm gonna need some Botox soon. I think these really like fine lines. So yeah. Let me know when you're getting that shit done. But I gotta get a hair first. I look crazy. This hair is just a mess. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see, you know, what happens when everybody comes out of hiding. I'm like, have a quarantine baby, but this plastic surgery, y'all taking it a bit too far. Right. But, I mean, it's a perfect time to do it. It is. It's a great time to do it. Yeah. I'd do it. You can do the surgery right in my home. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know somebody... You know that some of these celebrities have like surgical rooms in their house to get procedures and shit done, or they would have a space where they could get it done. I would not yeah, be surprised. Definitely. definitely. Alright, what's the next topic? Oh, I think that's it for categories. Is it? No, there's one more. It's yours. Okay. Go ahead, what is it? It's yours. I'll have it on my list. <laughs> you can draw it. <laughs> you put on the list. You want to talk about? Oh yes! Oh, I forgot. Okay, yeah. It's right here. It's right here. Okay, so we need to address what happened on Memorial Day in New York City with the woman who's known as Central Park Karen. Duh! It was right here. <laughs> right. Day drinking. So this man by the name of Christian Cooper, who was a black bird watcher. I'm so glad that we Which. have black people who <laughs> black people are members of the Audubon Society. We watch the birds. He was in in the Rambles in Central Park, minding his own damn business in the business of the birds, when a white woman was walking her canine off a leash against Central Park policy and protocol. He simply asked her to, you know, put the lead on her dog so that it would not be running around all out. She then proceeded to say he was filming her at some i guess they had some kind of you know word it had to be something and, before yeah right and then they must have gotten to a point where he felt the need to bring out his cell phone and record the interaction and karen also known as amy cooper uh took off her n95 mask revealed her whole entire face and said you are threatening me and my dog you are threatening our lives i'm going to call the cops and tell them that African-American man is threatening my life. This bitch knew exactly what she was doing. She was committing an act of violence. She knew that she had her privilege as a white woman to say that, look, I'm going to level up on you. How dare you tell me what to do? I'm going to call the police and say a black man is trying to 
hurt me right. and they're yeah. going to believe me and not you and it's going to do you harm so how dare you try to check me that's exactly what she was trying to say with that act he calmly recorded her ass as she proceeded to yell scream have all types of theatrics and dramatics and fake ass hysteria while she was on the phone with the police and also damn near choke her dog to death she did not put her dog back in the leash she was holding her dog she was holding by, the, the, collar. Mom, by yeah. the collar and the dog was like shaking and and screaming and barking because the dog couldn't fucking breathe she damn near killed her dog and i do think that well, she was being very smart and very sinister because there was no reason for her not to just put her dog on a leash while she knew she was hurting her dog i think that she wanted to kind of create a background that had that would sound like ruckus because she then started like yelling and sounding more exasperated while on the phone call with the police department mm-hmm. and then in the background you hear the dog yelping and screaming to make it seem more chaotic and it's just like what would this have been like had you know christian cooper not recorded the entire interaction both are last names are cooper so it gets a little confusing but no relation <laughs> no relation no, no you know, relation our family might have just owned his at some point in time that's why she feels like the superiority to use bullshit but needless to say he posted that shit to the great old internet the shit made its rounds as it so does these days and it's kind of like a blessing because but it's also very sad because it's like this has been happening for hundreds of years in america and it's just like only now do we believe black men. How many people were not believed, you know? And it's because of the years and years of this trauma and in, in this entitlement that she felt that she could do that shit. And she was dead wrong. And since this happened, she's lost her job. I think she worked for like a financial firm of some sort. She's yeah. also lost Franklin, her dog. She worked for Franklin, Franklin Templeton. Yeah, Franklin, Franklin Templeton. Mm-hmm. She's she's lost her job uh, following a swift investigation. There wasn't much to investigate. There wasn't nothing to investigate. They saw it too. She was she vice president of something there. <laughs> not no more. Not no more. But she deserves every bit of this. And not that I'm saying that, like, you know, we just need to drag people and cancel them on the internet. But what she did was so heinous and egregious and malicious and it was an individual act of violence not a systemic one but the fact that the systemic racism has given her enabled her to have this individual act of racism and that's the frustrating part but i'm glad that there has been some swift action i'm also glad as an animal rights and a um, person not i'm not on some peter shit but she abused that dog she went and she gave that dog back yeah, because it was like a, she was from. fostering the dog or something. It wasn't like right. her dog. It wasn't her dog, but she was, but she she is not um, equipped <laughs> to be a dog parent. Clearly, she damn near she damn near killed that dog. So um, I'm happy with the outcome. Bye, Karen. Rambles, Rebecca. Um, was... <laughs> I do like Rambles, Rebecca, because I live for alliteration. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, I didn't watch the video, I just read the article online, and it was interesting to, I'm always concerned, like, what happened before the video, and so, okay. um, in his story, he was saying that, you know, he was watching, he's a bird watcher, and he, I guess, it had happened before, like, people just walk through with their dogs, not on the leash. I'm not familiar with Central Park like that, so... I don't know, right? but um, maybe they do. Well, one, dogs are supposed to be on their leash anyway. Right. Two, if the dog is running free, then, you know, they smell the birds or they hear the birds. And so they'll run up on them probably and try to provoke them, attack them, or the birds just fly right. off. So he said that he actually um, carries treats with him. Mm-hmm. And... You know, if someone's dog is um, not on the leash, then he'll just walk up to the dog and give it the treat. And then instinctively, people will be like, uh-uh, what are you doing? You know, why are you close to my dog? And they'll, like, put the dog on the leash without him even, like, having to really say anything. Because it's like, right. don't touch my dog. You know how people are like, don't touch my kid. And so... Right. It's a boundary. Yeah. And so I guess, I don't know if you tried that. I can't remember in the article, but... um you know, he said that he confronted her and then she immediately went to, I'm going to call the cops. So he was like, how dare you black man tell me a precious white woman what to do? 
And he was like, that's how, that's how she felt. Mm-hmm. You call a man. Um, well, you know, she's gonna be calling I'm, Tyrone. I, I'm glad that there was swift action. I'm glad that it didn't resort to more violent action because it was another that same day in Minneapolis. Those those four police officers been fired in, in the killing of that man after he told them repeatedly that he couldn't breathe and to get off of his neck. It's just sad. It's just like as a black person, it's fucking beyond exhausting to have to deal with and repeatedly read these stories. And it's like how many, how much evidence do you fucking need to believe that this is real? Like. This shit's realer than the COVID, but y'all out here with y'all masks. But then again, that's a whole nother thing because people don't believe that shit's real either. I'm just, <laughs> it, it's real. And it's, but it's frustrating to keep having to see them. But I'm glad that we have technology today that can help some people like Christian Cooper. So that was a good outcome, I think. Anything else on that, Marie? No, I don't. <laughs> Anything else on that? <laughs> Um, one thing did happen. We went on a walk in um, uh-huh. down by the river, and we stopped because you know we just wanted to like sit out a little bit. And we ordered some some food for takeaway, and it was a certain amount of time before it was going to be ready. So we like sat down on a bench to kind of um, you know wait that out. And right. you know if you're going down um, Kelly Drive, and I forget which road it is, but you know that little sculpture it's like a circle and it has like these different things it's really huge um it's right by the abraham lincoln statue and um, so not too far from like lemon hill right across from lemon hill right, yeah, yeah know, like right down right down there and so you know we're sitting on the bench and it's like set really really far back from from the road and so on the one side there were like people letting their dogs run free on the leash and then by the round sculpture um, there were some like thoughts and you could, they were taking pictures for like their Instagram. And so we're like not paying attention. And then we just hear this yelling and screaming and arguing. And uh-huh. and I heard, uh-uh, bitch, you're supposed to be six feet away from me. So, <laughs> so I turned to look and one of the one of the um, thoughts is going off on this white woman. So they were on the. So was she in fact thotting? Or was she thought like? She kind of was. I mean, they were okay. like taking pictures, like on the sculpture, and like. Would she ha- would she have the right to do thoughts have rights? You know, they have rights. Um, and so <laughs> they're taking pictures, like on. They're like having a full on like photo shoot. They had like outfit changes too. And oh, okay. <laughs> it's like mommy group was like letting their kids roam free. And I guess one of the kids wanted to play on that sculpture. And so the mom, the white mom ran up and was like, just watching them. And then the, the girl was like, uh-uh, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute, little Timmy. And then I guess the mom was, came up closer to them and it was just, uh-huh. it just became this whole mess. And the white mom was like, well, my kids want to play. Just, can't they just play right here? And then the, lady, the girl was like, uh-uh, not until I'm done. Well, see, that, but that's, that's about being considerate of public spaces. Public spaces for yeah. all of us to use and share equally. If you want to take a, a photo, but like if you're having an extended photo shoot. It was like, yeah, it was a long co- time. With costume changes yeah. and lighting. Well, you need to get a permit, sis, because it's in the public space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, we don't do nothing right. <laughs> but that was funny to me. Uh, all right, so <laughs> let's get into our realness topic of the week. It's kind of a hybrid um, yes. situation. So um, we're going to do a quick insecure recap and then get into our um, realness topic of the week. So the question is, how soon is too soon to take a vacation? So in insecure, this is episode seven. Uh, of the season and it was a capsule episode where they basically stay in one place um for the majority of the episode and molly um went on a vacation with asian bay her boyfriend and she was meeting his family his brother and i guess his sister-in-law mm-hmm. um so this, the episode starts out with Episode, well, the previous episode ended with Issa walking up to the Ethiopian restaurant, 
seeing Molly and turning around. So the episode this week starts with, from Molly's perspective, she's sitting in the Ethiopian restaurant. She sees right. Issa approaching, like parking, getting out of the car, approaching the door. So she like gets ready, like, okay, like maybe we're gonna have an interaction or we're gonna talk or something. And so she's like, you know, acting like she's not watching the door. And then she hears someone come in. She turns and expects Issa, but that's when she sees Issa driving away. And then they um, cut to. So she was. Were they? You said expect Issa. Like, were they? Were they planning to meet there, or was it a coincidence? No, no, no. She saw Issa. It was a coincidence. Right. Oh, yeah. okay. That's what I thought. So she, okay. Yeah. So she saw Issa out of the window, like through the window, and then she's like getting ready or preparing herself mentally for some kind of interaction or conversation with the, maybe she, she looked to me like she was anticipating like talking to her and like really you know addressing the, the issues because they really have not right. and this is like immediately after the blow up right. that they had and they've eaten really, at this ethiopian spot quite frequently yes because that was <laughs> the one where she was like you gotta fuck a lot of frogs to get a good frog Yes, and then she also was there. They went there for her thirtieth birthday, Issa's thirtieth birthday. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that was the, your pussy's broken. That was your pussy's broken. Yes, right? I think yes. my pussy's broken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's like their spot, you know? Right. Right. Mm. So Molly goes on this vacation. Um, she has a Porta Vallarta. Yeah, which was like. Mm. That's, That's where the gays go. Heard. That is where the gays go. I mean, the straights go there too. The gays don't, you know, have a monopoly on it. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm hoping Andrew's gay though, because he's my favorite of all the insecure men. Oh, I'll continue with your synopsis. <laughs> well, he's into eating ass. And, and he did bring a little butt toy. Yes. Andrew, we're on to you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It was interesting. I think that, you know, while they were in Mexico, they had some time to kind of, you know, fornicate and do what you do on vacation with your day. But it was also just not the two of them solely. He was, uh, Andrew right. was meeting his brother and his sister-in-law there. They're a very active type A couple, plan every minute of the vacation. Molly wasn't mm-hmm. really here for that. But then there was kind of like one blow up where there was like a racial interaction where Molly wanted to get a towel, but the mm-hmm. towel girls, like you had to bring a room key, but the couple before did not. So like Molly was insinuating that because she was black, she could get a room key. And the brother was kind of like badgering her, playing devil's advocate, as he said. Mm-hmm. And it just had a big blow up. Um, I didn't much, I did enjoy this cast episode much more than Issa's because I felt yeah. like Maybe because I'm just in quarantine and I'm fucking desperate for a vacation. It was a nice scenery to look at. Yeah, that could be it. And it was beautiful. Um, I also just really love her and Andrew's relationship and dynamic because I think the way that Andrew just kind of handles her and compliments her, but also challenges her um, is really nice and something I like to see in couples and in their relationship. And I also think that Molly is recognizing that she has her shit with her and that she, I, I identify with Molly on a spiritual level, really, really deeply. And I feel like I'm, you know, gonna get shit for this, but Molly is a flawed ass person and she doesn't pretend to be perfect. And maybe it's the lawyer thing, but she doesn't back down from argument and she's gonna defend herself to the end, but she also will recognize and own when she's wrong. And when she sat down on that beach and called her therapist, I was like, yes, girl. That is that is growth. That's real growth. That's willing to confront the things that, that are bothering you or that are hurting you. And she's trying to confront the things with Molly. She tries to confront things head on. She's not going to back away from things and avoid them and be passive aggressive and act like it doesn't exist. And yes, she might blow up in your face and she might curse at you and then storm off or maybe start a fight. But at least she's not, you know, acting as if it doesn't exist just to keep the peace. You know, she's not bringing more to people, but I think that she's also recognizing that she could be a little bit, you know, more more gracious in how she handles these conflicts. And when she sat on the beach and called her therapist, I was so, so proud of Molly. Well, 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> like Molly, uh, I do think that I don't think she's aggressive or malicious. I think she's blunt. And I think that mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say people it's, get a bad rap. But I don't want to say it's just because she's a lawyer because she's only been a lawyer for her being a lawyer isn't doesn't necessarily, you know, reflect all of her formative years up until that point. Um, no, not at all. So I think that, you know, does she kind of, she's just blunt. And so in the, the confrontation, you know, she called it what it was in that moment. And whereas a lot of people would kind of just withdraw or, not want to address it because they don't want to cause a scene or they don't want to um other people to you know look at them a certain way so i think that in the pool when she was confronting the brother about what do you mean by that of course you would think that you know and so she's like kind of questioning his thought process and why he feels that she can't in that situation be telling the truth kind of like the ramble rebecca situation it's like my point, my opinion, my perception is valid. Um, but people want to negate all of that or minimize that. Or when my we say argument that it's, yeah, when we say that it is, you know, micro racism, microaggression, or macroaggression. Um, right. But I do think that it, I don't think it was a bit too soon because like her and, and um, Asian Bay, like getting back to the question, I don't think it was too soon for them to go on a vacation together. I think it was too soon no. to go on a vacation with the brother and the sister-in-law. Ding, ding, ding. Absolutely. Because that is too <laughs> much all at once. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big commitment. It's like you haven't even met them yet. Like, mm. how about he meet the, how about Molly meet the brother and sister out for dinner? Yeah, I have everyone vibes and gels together. Yeah. And then, like, maybe after, you know, some extended period of time, you just say, hey, let's take a trip together. But to meet them on a vacation, that's a lot. For the first time, Because um, yeah. you can't really just decompress. You have mm. to keep up the schedule. And there's a whole other, yeah. other couple to take into account. You don't want to let them down. Um, to answer the question, when is too soon to take a vacation with the boo? I say anything, at least, at least when, anything before, like, I mean, anything before four-ish months, four to five months. I mean, mm. when I'm dating someone, are we talking international or like a little weekend trip? They went on an international trip. All right. So an international trip, I'm going to say like, we need to at least be talking for around four-ish months. Um, if we just want to take like a little, you know, weekend to D.C., we could do that after like a month, two weeks, you know, whatever. But I know if I'm getting on a plane with you, we got passports and I got to like feel safe with you in a foreign country. I'm like, I, I, I need to be really talking to you at least for 90 days. So, yeah, three or four months. Ooh, uh, uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> what? Uh, Is that too low? We're not going to get to all your business on here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it depends. I do think that. Yeah, 90 days is too soon for me to be going anywhere with you, <laughs> um, especially internationally, because, uh-uh, no. Because I don't know you like that. I don't know how you behave like that. And then when you're on an international trip, your phone don't work. No way. <laughs> you can't escape. What do you mean your like, phone You got an international I, plan? I have an international plan, but most people don't. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> that that signal be real low though but it's right. like you can't um it's like 24 7 you're there and together and you can't get away from that or you can't take a break from that and i think if anything happens then you're fucking stuck right you know and i have known people in relationships where they go on that on that trip together that vacation and they don't make it back together. So, mm. you know, is are you getting your own hotel room? I'm taking my own flight back. Drop me off at the airport. 
you know, right. and it's like. So what's the time frame that you say then? I think it depends on the couple. And I think that. It does. With. The earliest, the er, at the earliest I'm saying, not on the average, I'll take, I'd be very early, but it have to be like at least 90 days, but more in that four to five month region. Uh, uh-uh. Because, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I mean, but my we went on our first um, international trip. We went to Aruba, and that was like six months, almost seven months after we started dating. Right. We were very much um, together. There was no, like, this kind of iffy situation. I think we gelled and vibed on a completely different level um, mm-hmm. than uh, previous relationships I've been in. And so I felt totally right. comfortable going on that vacation. Right. And we had an amazing time. But I think if there's any kind of like, oh, hesitation, or you don't really know, or you don't, you know, you feel in some kind of way, but you don't really um, know them like that, I would not. And I would not add an additional layer of going out of the country for the first time with them and meeting yeah. a family member. Yeah, that's a no no. It becomes too much. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hop into the next segment of the show. It's time for I said what I said. What I said. Go ahead, so Marie. Me? You go so, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're in an um, lockdown quarantine situation with everything that's going on. And, you know, social distancing is very important. And I know people are always, are also itching to get out of the house and like, be outside especially as the weather gets nicer and you know it was like 85 degrees today and so Mm -hmm. i feel like um it's going to be harder for people to stay inside and as we've seen in like lake of the ozarks missouri atlanta all these places are opening back up and it's becoming a mess because nobody is um really social distancing but here in philly people are pretty much social distancing, at least the people that I've encountered when we go on our walks and stuff. However, we were on a walk um, <laughs> over the, the, since we last recorded. And so we're walking down one side of the street and there is this um, couple walking down the, across the street and we were walking like, you know, towards each other. And so mm-hmm. I guess someone was also approaching them, but on their same side of the street of the sidewalk. And the couple, they were probably with their masks on. I'm gauging they were in like their 40s, like early 50s maybe. And the the people um, that were approaching them were much younger. And so the older couple, they decided to walk out into the street to avoid, I guess, coming in close proximity with the couple that was approaching them. Okay. you got to look both ways before you enter that street because there's this Prius coming. You know, Priuses are real quiet. Right. They come down the street and that thing took that man out. <gasps> you saw him get hit? Yes. Oh my God. Was he okay? <laughs> huh? Was he okay? I guess. I mean, he hopped back up, but I would have laid Ooh. down on that oh. ground because the way he rode up that, <laughs> the hood of that car. Child. <sighs> Oh so, my, God. my thing is, I understand you want to be safe and you want to minimize your exposure to this virus, but you need to also be mindful of your own personal space and your exposure to a hit and run. Wow. He that's, got that's crazy. And I'm like, it's not that serious, like passing someone on the street is not that serious as a motor vehicle accident. So right. be smart, look both ways before you cross the street. And I said what I said. <laughs> My said what I said goes to people who are suffering from social distance or quarantine fatigue. I get it. We're in what, week eight or maybe nine now? I think I'm it's nine. Now. Yeah. It's, I know it's been tough. I know it's been difficult. Believe me, 
I've wanted to go to a house party or a big ass barbecue or the beach, the boardwalk too. I get it. But I can't help but feel like we put in this much time. Let's not waste even more time by, you know, not abiding by the guidelines. If right. we go out here and act reckless, we're going to be back in the same situation. So let's just keep it right, keep it tight, hang in a little bit more, you know, just a few more weeks. Mm-hmm. The numbers are going down. Things are getting better. Um, right you know, but like, I feel like people are just like, oh, because it's worn out, quarantine's over, COVID's over. And that's not the case. That's not well, how it works. The and, orange person and, said... <sighs> Doesn't okay, like the heat. Orange person. He drinks bleach. Or he said drink bleach. He's taking the, the shit. But again, I know people want to go out, but just sit the fuck down, calm down, stay inside. It ain't yeah. that serious. It's really not. And I said what I said. All right. So now let's get into my favorite part of the show. Yes, it's time for it's time it? for. Yes. Tens. Tens. <laughs> Tens across the board. It's hard. Because there's like yeah. a slight little delay on the Zoom. Yeah. Okay, so my tens this week goes to 22-year-old athlete, tennis player, Naomi Osaka. The Japanese Haitian athlete has now become the highest paid female athlete in history, surpassing her, um, Serena, yeah, wow. surpassing okay. you know her 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 role model, yeah, her, her guy. She now has earned last year she earned thirty seven point four million U S dollars. Oh. It, okay, what's that in yen? Two. I, is yen Japanese? Yeah, I don't know. I have to look up the conversion. But you know, she got her $10 million. She has a $10 million Nike contract. She has her uh-huh. Nike motor contract, her Shiseido contract, uh-huh. her Yonex contract, contract Ooh. on top of contracts, on top of contracts. So get it, girl. Very Shiseido is 22. expensive. It's very expensive. That Japanese makeup. It's like skin. Is that it's, no, it's, it's like skincare. low-skin skincare skin products. It's skincare. They, they have yeah. some makeup. I use the night cream. You do? But it's like $90, yeah. Is it a pearl cream? Because I'm looking for a night cream, but it's not a pearl cream because I don't want to lighten up. Like, we can talk about that offline. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder what Megan Rapinoe has to say about that. You know, she's trying to get paid too. And they said, no, man, because women's soccer ain't bringing in the coins. It's not. And again, yeah. when, you're on a, when you're a team athlete, especially a women's team athlete, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Like, Naomi's playing for herself. So mm-hmm. she can get that coin. She can be an individual, you know. Right. right. It's just it's just the business structure of sports. Bloop. Mm-hmm. So my tens this week. It's a bit of an older story, but this week and um, recently there's been a lot of college graduations. My high, like my college, we graduate the first um, Sunday in May. But mm-hmm. I know you said yours was like Mother's Day weekend usually. Mother's right? Day, right in college. Yeah. In high school, though, we don't graduate until June. Right. Yeah. But a lot of people are graduating, um, you know, now and in the recent weeks. Did you see the HBCU graduation where Obama and Oprah and, like, everybody was giving, like, the the commencement speeches online? I didn't. I didn't. I did hold a... A little um, commencement ceremony for my girlfriend, Rakisha, who graduated with her uh, nurse practitioner's uh, degree from NYU. Ooh. So shout out to you, her. girl. Thanks to Rakisha. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I didn't see anyone else in graduation. But I did, mm-hmm. I did um, out of the master of ceremonies. Okay. And also, um, Hillary Clinton was like doing um, a commencement speech for somebody. But um, I did so my tens- Yeah, I saw that one. My tens this week is going to. Nicholas Johnson, who is from Montreal, Canada, and he is the first um, Black valedictorian at Princeton University. In their 274-year history, they've never had a Black person as their valedictorian. He was a major in... Yeah. 
So his major was operations research and financial engineering, which I don't mm-hmm. know what he's going to do with that. But I'm sure he's going to be good. Um, Is he going to MIT? Or did I not? Or his, yeah, so he's going to MIT to get his PhD uh-huh. in, um, in the same field, operations research, which maybe it's like logistics or something. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But their graduation was supposed to be... Um, I don't know when, but they're holding a virtual graduation um, on May 31st. So awesome. Tens, tens, tens for you, Nicholas Johnson. Congrats, Mr. Johnson. Good job. So proud of you. (laughs) All right. That wraps it up (laughs) for this week. Thank you all. Thanks so much for listening and watching on our YouTube channel. Be sure to like and subscribe and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at CategoryIsPod.com.